0: Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view, and you want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your host, Danika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics that help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome, Hey, y'all, so we are back for our sixth episode on Black Women Healing Pod, and today we have another guest, and um, I'm going to go ahead and read a short bio, um, and then we're going to kind of go into our segment. So today we have Tracy Pinnock. Um, Tracy Pinnock is a licensed marriage and family therapist currently practicing in Connecticut and eventually New York. Um, Tracy received a bachelor's degree in psychology from Boston University and a master's degree in marriage and family therapy from Fairfield University. Tracy's work fo- focuses on assisting individuals, families, and couples deal with anxiety, depression, parents and child behavioral issues, and relationship concerns. Although Tracy is trained in all of these areas, her main focus is helping teen girls, women, and couples navigate various life transitions. She is passionate about Black women's mental health and seeks to break the stigma of it so that we can all heal. So we want to welcome you. Hi, Tracy. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, Okay, so Tracy, we start off with a random scenario. I know this is something that we kind of like throwing on you. We're going to hit you with a random
1: scenario and, you know, let you answer that. Okay. Okay, so the random scenario today is if you could do one dangerous thing without getting hurt, what would it be and why?
2: Oh, easy. Skydive. Yes. Um, I've wanted to skydive since back in the days of road rules. If you remember on MTV Um, and seeing them do this thing, I was like, huh, well, I don't know. Maybe it's something that actually can be done and kind of be okay." So I've always (laughs) wanted to skydive. So it's kind of on my bucket list. That's what it would be.
1: Nice. Well, if you're ever coming to San Diego, I know a spot that we can go to. <laughs> oh,
2: thank you. Yeah, I
1: was just about to say, I'm so down for that. <laughs> down too. <laughs> yes. Okay, well, um,
0: so Tracy, I want to ask you a question. So um, just describe how you found your niche um, and why your niche in the MFT field became working with teen girls, women, and couples.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, so for me, when it comes to um, niching or niching, it about who you feel you work best with Um, and for me just being a woman I tend to connect pretty easily with girls and women Um, and being a feminist I think it's really important to uplift girls and women so though that has tended to um, be my focus area as I've gotten to know you know my work or do as I've gotten to do my work and know myself better Um, I work with girls as young as the age of 11 and I think that's an important time because that's middle school age and that's where the mean girls dynamic tends to come in when it comes to peer relationship for girls. Mm-hmm. So it ends up being a really tough time for some girls um, just trying to navigate the social uh, aspects of, of school and life and things like that. Um, and then with working with women, I work with them, like you said, around life transitions, in particular breakups, um, but really any sort of loss Um, any sort of thing that, you know, we would grieve. So that's breakups, you know, that can be deaths, that can be job loss, things like that. Um, But breakups in particular, I think is also influenced by my own personal experience and experiencing various breakups in life and um, the ways in which, you know, those can really sometimes really throw you off course um, and create, you know, all sorts of Tough periods and tough things in your life. Um, And then, in terms of couples, on one hand, it's about trying to help couples, um, you know, avoid, you know, let's say devastating breakups and things like that. But also, part of it is about helping each individual find happiness and contentment in their relationship. And I think sometimes that looks like each person really getting an understanding of what they want and need in a relationship and determining if that's, if they're able to get what they need from the relationship and provide what the other person needs or possibly not. And is that really the, is the relationship serving them? So I think it does, uh, it is a combination of um, accessing one's individual happiness as well as trying to um, be the best partner you can be for another person.
0: Yes. Yes. All of that. I most definitely, immediately when you start talking about like loss uh, and how I, I just feel like we kinda don't talk about that a lot. We don't talk about the losses. And right. um, and then like you talked about, um, you said in relationships, happiness and contentment. Um, yeah. And that that's kind of what we're striving for. But um, yeah, yeah, most definitely. I, I wanna ask you specifically, how did you become passionate about black women's mental health and seeking to break the stigma of it so that we can all heal?
2: Right, I mean, myself being a black woman, um, A lot of my clients come to me for that reason, just on a comfort level. I think people in general, a lot of people have their reservations about going into therapy and this idea of telling a stranger, you know, my worries, concerns, my problems. And then on top of it, in the Black community, the stigma that tends to be there for mental health. It's changing. It's getting better overall societally and in the Black community, but there's definitely work to be done. So when So a lot of, uh, a lot of my clients seek me out because I'm black, because they're going to be more comfortable automatically. And because it oftentimes requires less explaining of their cultural perspective and experiences. And I think when people come into therapy, a lot of times they, you know, are burdened with all sorts of worries and concerns. And so it's just, it can be an added burden sometimes to feel like they have to explain certain things mm-hmm. um, for to someone who may not be familiar with their culture or things like that. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I realized, particularly in my area, in the area where I, I practice in, uh, like Fairfield uh, County, Connecticut, there are so few black therapists and therapists of color that I just also realized that there's just a need um, and so another reason why I'm passionate about working with Black women and women of color. Nice.
0: Wow, yeah, most definitely. I I mean, yeah, Black Women's Healing Podcast, we most definitely (laughs) understand how, you know, relevant and prevalent it is to, um, you know, for Black women in general and Black folks to find um, mental health services, and then you mentioned, like, fairfield connecticut so even like geographically like how harder it is so it's hard anywhere you are so then you go to a, a different space and it becomes smaller so mm-hmm. we thank you for your service and you know I'm, I'm 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 appreciative for fairfield i know they love you um but so myra she's going to ask you a few more questions
1: yeah okay. So, thinking about like breakups, we're gonna dive into like that topic specifically um, I'm curious, like what are your thoughts on timelines and healing when it comes to breakups?
2: Yeah, um so the thing about timelines when it comes to any type of healing um is that they just shouldn't be too strict. I think we oftentimes might place timelines on our healing and let's say particularly healings from breakups because what person wants to be in pain any longer than they have to. So it's kind of like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. So I really want to stop. It'd be nice if it could stop, you know, in a week, in a month, that sort of thing. But realistically speaking um, there's just different timelines for different people for multiple reasons there's there's the it could be everything the the age that you were when you broke up the life circumstances going on stuff like you know what was my financial situation you know what happens you know when me and my partner break up and we have to move out you know we what if we have children like there are a lot of factors that contribute to a person's healing process so i think the key is to not place this timeline on yourself, because then I think what that can bring up is guilt and shame sometimes around not healing in a certain time. I know people will kind of come to me and say like, oh, this happened X number of years ago. I know I should be past it now. And the thing about it is, of course, yes, you want to be, but don't, if you're already going through a hard time, don't add something like guilt or shame to your process. It's just a whole other layer that you now have to, to work through. So I guess ultimately what I'm saying is be flexible in your timeline for healing and focus more on doing the work than picking a certain time in which it should be done.
1: I think I'm really appreciating you pointing out like all these different factors that can come into play into your life and how just being gentle on yourself is so important because like things do happen and things do come up. And while you're trying to work through this breakup, Still being gentle with yourself because of life. So, I'm really Mm -hmm. appreciating that. Um, So, the next question that we have for you is Do you think that dating or finding a new person helps with the healing process from
2: breakups? I think it can, but I think that there needs to be a lot of clarity around the situation. The main thing being both people knowing what they want and expect from that relationship. And I use that relation, I use the word relationship very generally, meaning it just being. I don't mean it necessarily specifically in a committed where in a relationship thing. I just mean that actual interaction between two people. But what I'm getting at is it definitely definitely can be a healing aspect when it comes to relationship breakups. But I think where it's, it's very important that going into something like that, you know what you're wanting out of this situation with that person, that they know what they want out of it with you. And here's the kicker, that you both clearly and honestly communicate that. Because so many relationship issues between people happen because people have different expectations of, of one another Mm -hmm. and, or they don't clearly express those. So an example would be like, so say you did go through a breakup, one person enters and you, you meet somebody and one person wants casual sex and conversation, but the other person's going into it with a full on thought of this is a commit, going to be a committed relationship you're going to have problems. You're going to have big problems. So I guess what I'm saying is that it absolutely can be a a part of the healing process to have somebody to talk to, to have a confidant, somebody if you are looking for a physical relationship with them. But the thing is, is make sure you're both on the same page. It can be healing if you both know this is what we're entering this particular relationship for. And we are, we have an understanding of whatever that relationship is going to look like, then we can, we can be a part of each other's healing, but it can definitely end up being a whole other problem if two people are not clear on that.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for giving that perspective, just because I feel like oftentimes when people are asked that question or when that topic comes up, the answer is immediately no. So make sure y'all heard that, that you're making sure that both of you two are on the same page, because it is possible (laughs) to begin dating somebody new after a breakup and to find a new person it is possible. But making sure you're on the same page. So that's, that's a true, perspective yeah. y'all probably have not heard. So y'all heard it here first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think so. even myself, I like, um I think like when I got out of a, my relationship, I was like like three months, right? You know, again right. the timelines that in our last um Tracy in our last episode we talk about like the like you talking about these timelines. Mm-hmm. And so
2: myself three months and then i'll you know date again but it is yeah, nice to talking about the amazon prime healing episode yes Last i listened yes that was a good episode <laughs> Yes.
1: so then um the next question we're going to dive into is what are some tips that you usually give clients when working through a recent breakup
2: yeah um so actually i'm in the process of writing a book on this and developing a course on this um and so it has tools and tips for healing from breakups Um. And so the first thing is that you must allow the grieving process. And I think that is so important because again, going back to this idea of loss, um, I think we tend to associate grief with death specifically. But again, grief is around any sort of loss. So the end of a relationship is a loss. Um, So you have to, or you should acknowledge the fact that this is a loss that is okay for me to grieve. grieve. Um, I think people sometimes feel like Again, they can't, they're not allowed to grieve a relationship breakup or grieve the end of a relationship, but you absolutely can and should. So that means that you are acknowledging the feelings that you have. You're identifying, I'm feeling sad, angry, embarrassed, whatever feelings might be coming up from this breakup. You have to acknowledge that they're there. So then you can start the process of mourning the The relationship. And so, like the difference being, you know, grief is a feeling that we have, mourning are the actions that we do to get through the grief process. So, mourning, to equate it to something like when there is a death, a mourning process would be having a funeral. That's like an action we do to help grieve. So, when it comes to a relationship, I mean, there are a number of things you can do to mourn. Again, it's not one size fits all, you know, you find what works for you. But examples might be talking about your feelings to somebody, you know, whether it's a professional or a friend who you trust journaling about your feelings, grief groups. If you want to hold a, a funeral for the relationship, whatever that might look like for you, some sort of ceremonial thing, um, you know, things like getting rid of pictures or things that people do. But understand just like mourning any sort of loss. It's not one size fits all. Do what works for you. Um, for me, my um, breakup from my oldest son's father Saving pictures of us was actually something I did because I put them in an album for my son because I wanted him to be able to see his uh, parents that, you know, that they had a happy relationship at one point because we broke up while I was pregnant. So that's not something that my son got to actually see. But for me, so rather than get rid of all those pictures, which at one point I might've considered doing, I thought I would just save them for him and I put them in an album for him. So just understanding that you you should tailor it to what works, works for you. Um, another thing that I think is important for trying to heal from a breakup is not just grieving the past and the current situation that you're in, but looking toward the future. That's such an important part because I think what happens when you know people break up is you oftentimes can lose hope for the future of relationships um maybe even for other aspects of your life we're talking career finances parenting things so the idea is i need to grieve and 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 how to say um you know really honor my feelings about what happened but i also want to look forward to the future and the things that i that i want
1: mm-hmm. Wow, I really appreciate all you just said. Like you bring such a fresh perspective because I think when you mentioned about the saving the pictures, that was like a plot twist. (laughs) (laughs) That was a moment where you kind of had to step back and say, what can I do for my child? Because at the end of the day, like that's another person that was a key part of this relationship and that is a key Uh part of this relationship. So although you have this going on with your breakup, it's also like, okay, we have a child. How can I still be considerate of, you know, my child? And then your child something to look back on in the future and they can be like, okay, my mom and dad, were happy together. This is nice to actually see this versus you having to explain like, oh, I kind of, you know, burnt the pictures. I ripped them up. Right. 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 I'm really appreciating that. Um, So the next question is when working with clients, has there been any work that you have given them to do outside of therapy that you found to be useful?
2: Um, Yeah. So, I mean, there, again, are different practices that you can do. Um, I'm a big proponent and anybody who works with me knows I just harp on it and harp on it is this idea of self-care, which I know in particular right now in the culture is very big. I think you see it being talked about everywhere. I have this whole model on self-care. My definition of it is anything that brings you a sense of peace, joy, or excitement. Mm -hmm. And it's not one size fits all. So what's self-care for me may not be self-care for you. Um, but that's one thing is that identify what those activities are for yourself. If you like reading, if you like hiking, if you like, you know, making sure you get your naps in each day, whatever those things are, do some form of self care every day. Um, another thing is giving gratitude. You know, some people talk about gratitude journaling, which is the idea of, uh, you know, just writing down the things you're grateful for you can do it in a very structured way where you're like every day I must come up with, you know, five things I'm grateful for and write them down. You could do it in a, when it comes to mind for you. But I do think being able to take time to notice and acknowledge things that you are grateful for is a big piece of healing because in a time like a breakup, it can be really, it can be really dark. It can be really sad. And I think you need to, you know, push yourself to find some of those bright spots and some of the things that are good sometimes um dating so we just asked this question about you know dating people I think going on dates can be a helpful part of the healing process again we could have a whole other podcast on like when's the you know the right time and all of that sort of stuff again but some of the right circumstances are definitely having clarity around what you want and what you need but going out on dates, meeting new people, having conversation, trying new activities with these people can definitely be a, a, a very helpful part of the healing process. Um, socialize. So with friends, you know, whether you know, throw a get-together at your place or go out somewhere, be amongst people who you trust, who care about you, who you care about. Socializing is definitely, I think, a key piece, um, not just isolating yourself, mm-hmm. I think is important um get into a hobby or new activity maybe you always want to try pottery or you want to go and paint or I don't know go roller skating do something that you know can just be fun and enjoyable and maybe distracting from what you're going through for a moment um travel can be a big one I know you guys did a a healing uh through travel pod Mm -hmm. I mean I'm big on the whole travel thing it just gets you out of your element get you out of the environment that may be really difficult for you Mm -hmm. Um, opens you up to new perspectives makes you think about other things and other people other than yourself which Mm -hmm. can be helpful Um, and then journaling in terms of like just about your feelings or your day or I like to do a highlight and low light of the day this was the best thing that happened today this was the worst thing that happened today Um, and just to kind of get it out there you know nice those are a lot of really good suggestions we can tell that you've been
1: following us from the beginning we so we appreciate that support a lot a whole lot Absolutely. so with all of these um all of these like tips and tricks that you gave us we really appreciate that but we want to ask you like what is like a takeaway or even something that you can suggest for um for our listeners to do this week that's kind of falls in line with the theme of, you know, healing through a breakup. And that can even include like a romantic breakup or even like a friendship breakup or even like a familial breakup too.
2: Right. Right. Yeah. So again, any of those are losses, right? They're loss of people in your lives and in certain uh, life expectations or circumstances that you had. Um, So um, I actually think kind of in some ways going with the gratitude thing, especially if it was a relationship that you ultimately think that maybe wasn't ideal for you or wasn't good for you or wasn't serving you, which again, you can still be upset over, even if you know something wasn't good for you, doesn't mean you don't miss the person. Mm -hmm. Um, Then sometimes just making a list of things that you are grateful for now that the relationship is over. Like that's kind of like a homework assignment to give yourself because it can help you again with the moving forward process of like, even though I'm sad or I miss this person, I can acknowledge that this, 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 and this were really not good for me or, or them. And it could be a helpful way to kind of move forward. Um, Something that I do with people a lot that I really love doing is really simple, but I think it's helpful. I call it the ideals list. And the idea here is you can make an ideal, I-D-E-A-L-S, ideals list for any aspect of your life. Um, If you're doing it for a relationship, the idea is that you just kind of think about if I could magically create the perfect ideal partner for myself, what would be their qualities and attributes? Everything from physical attributes to personality to life circumstances. So, you know, someone with brown hair, you know, I would wear brown hair um, that they didn't smoke, that they didn't have children or they had no more than two children or I mean just go down the whole list as many attributes as you can possibly think of and literally write them down and like I said it's, it's a simple in theory uh, process but it really makes you one think about what you want and need which I think a lot of times we don't do enough of and what that does is when you have a clear understanding of what you're looking for in a person or even in a relationship, so you can make a separate list that is about what you want your relationship to look like. Mutual understanding, uh, both, you know, uh, being affectionate, et cetera, et cetera. Then it really helps guide you in your interactions with people. So for instance, in the dating process, if you know what your list is, it really helps you determine who to give your time and energy to and where that person may actually fall in your life. So for instance, you might meet somebody and you're talking to them and they're checking off everything on the list. This is somebody who would probably make sense for you to give more of your time and energy to because they're seeming to be the right type of person for you. But you could meet somebody and they check off a couple things, but maybe there's some deal breakers on your list and they're really not hitting the mark. You can know much earlier on that it might not be a good idea to continue forward with them at least not in the idea of being a romantic partner maybe they're going to be a friend maybe they're going to be somebody who you know was just an acquaintance and you you know you don't continue dates but it can really help you prevent yourself from going too far and getting getting too emotionally attached to somebody who you ultimately realize you guys don't really um, click in the right ways so making that ideal list I think is a good homework assignment for all of us
0: because it can I'm sorry I have to ask this because i most definitely um, with the list uh, like do you think that people get carried carried away with the list as far as like then having this unrealistic person or you know that they feel like they they should that they want
2: Right. That is a really good question. And so what I do is I first have people put down everything they could think of that they would ideally want. Then I ask follow-up questions. So one of the questions I always ask is, look at the list that you just made. Do you think a human being like this exists in the world?
1: Yeah. Then
2: next question is, so somebody may say, yeah, some, in, in all the billions of people in the world, a human like this exists. My next question is, do you think that you are capable of meeting a human like this. Mm-hmm. And so that helps put people in perspective of where their, you know, their list is and, and, and what they're looking for. Because like I tell people, everyone has the right to want what they want. Mm-hmm. It's about you connecting with that other person who's able to give you those things that you want and for you to be able to do the same for someone else. So I think asking those questions are a helpful way for anyone to put in perspective what their list looks like because they really ask themselves, do I think that a human being with these qualities all together exists? And do I think that that person is someone who I, who I could meet in the right. circles I run in or the realms I'm in? And if that question could be no, for various reasons. So sometimes it, it might be about adjusting your list. Other times it might be about adjusting the circles that you run in. Maybe right. you want to start opening yourself up to different spaces. Um, but yeah, so that's so why I really think it's a great exercise.
0: And you said, was it an acronym you used? I would just
2: ideals as a- I, I ideals as in like, um, ideal qualities. So I just call it the ideals list. I- but yeah, it's the it's the ideal qualities that you can want in a partner, a relationship, a career, any anything really. You choose the category. Um, some other things that uh, I do like to do another exercise that's pretty simple too is is a timeline. So this is that idea of looking forward to the future when it comes to a breakup, making a lifetime line, you can pick a a time frame the next year, the next I like to do five years of like what do I want for myself in the next five years? Mm -hmm. Again, in all areas of life. So if I just got through a breakup and it involved having to like move out of my apartment with this person. Um I might be looking at what my financial situation is. One of my immediate needs will be housing all the way to farther needs. Maybe I want to go and get my bachelor's degree. Maybe I want to open up my own business. Like, But really start thinking about your life after this relationship. Because like I said, a sense of hopelessness can often come with going through a breakup. So doing a timeline is a really good way to look toward the future. And then you set little mini goals to start actually taking steps towards that. Um, so, yeah, those are just some things that I often have people do.
0: Yeah, so just to go ahead and summarize for our um, listeners so, we have um, so the takeaways for uh, you all is to make a list that you are grateful for now that that relationship is over, um, highlight ideal qualities of the person that you would like uh, to meet. Um, and you know and then also making a timeline of what do you want for yourself in the next you could use one two or like Tracy said she does five years of all areas of your life um so yeah we we hope that um we hope that our listeners enjoyed it as much as we yeah. we enjoyed I know like <laughs> listening to this I'm like yes 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 I I, I want to I want to follow up with the takeaways you talked about and, and I think it, it's even more great that you can use this in all relationships, like breakups like uh Myra said from family, from, from platonic relationships and romantic. So um yeah, we hope you all enjoyed this episode and um yeah, Tracy, is there anything else you want to say before we end?
2: Um, no, I just I want people to have hope, you know, after after breakups. Like it, it definitely can get better for sure.
1: Yes. Thank you so much, Tracy. We look forward to hearing more about your book, and we look forward to staying in contact with you in the
2: future, too. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thank
1: you so much. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, so y'all hope that you enjoy today's pod. Um, I'm going to in this- Whoa, before we hit y'all with the um, event of the week that Donika is gonna talk about. So the quote that I'm gonna share with y'all is by Raina Biddy. Um, she's a pretty popular like Instagram poet. I love her books. Um, particularly this book of poetry is called I Love My Love. And the poem is called For You. It says, you're worthy of any and every kind of love. You are made so delicately and beautifully. Stop diluting yourself to fit the standards of anyone who is unable to see how fucking perfect you are. It's not you, it's them. Don't ever give anybody the power to define you. Alter who you are or destroy you. Your opinion about yourself is the only one that matters. So fall in love as 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 hard and deep as possible with the only person who makes sense to you yes quote also just after listening to Tracy
0: like I realized I had this book that I bought from when I like um when I went through my little breakup um not little it's big when I went (laughs) when I went through my big breakup y'all um I had bought this book and it's called reclaim peace peace spelled p-i-e-c and peace spelled p-a-c-e by um Tatiana Jerome I'm deep already yeah, it's <laughs> it's one of those things. Y'all know how like our our um uh, our computers and electronics be like rigged. So anytime you talk about something or if you're going through something, you know you be scrolling and then you see an ad for something and you be like, what the heck? uh so as I was going through my breakup, I was really going through it, and this book kept popping up. So I was like, let me buy it. And so basically, it um it just walks you through. It's more of like a journal book, so it has like quotes in it, and then it's like three different sections of like like it's like over a span of like 90 days you're supposed to use it and you do morning thoughts and night thoughts and it asks you questions about pretty much your healing and how you're healing from this from whatever breakup you're going through and it um it asks you about just um different different things uh but basically i probably got through this book the first 30 days because it helped me so much that i i I felt i felt healed (laughs) and so um this book is so great y'all like i rep i recommend it to anybody and then just to be able to like even just looking back i can't wait to look back at this because all the stuff i wrote it's like stuff from 2017 just to see how far i've come in um in my healing and understanding my loss um so yeah so we Myra shared a quote i just shared a book um do we have any discounts this week or are we going to just go ahead and share the uh, event
1: Ah, uh, no no discounts this week but we
0: can share okay. the event yeah the event is lightweight like a discount you could think of it like that uh and so um i um i met uh, another therapist by the name of denise And Denise is having this event, and it's October 26, 2019. It's going to be hosted in Redondo Beach, and you can find this event on Eventbrite. It's called RAGE, which stands for Releasing Anger, Grief, and Other Emotions. I'm going to say it one more time. It's rage, and the acronym stands for releasing anger, grief, and other emotions. And so, this event is going to be held at a beach. We're going to meet at, I believe, Redondo Beach, and then after that, we're going to go to a um, a boxing business or what word? Like we're gonna we're gonna box. <laughs> so. And the hope is to release anger, grief, and other emotions and understand that piece of our feelings a little bit more. Um, Yeah, so the tickets are on sale right now. Go on
1: Eventbrite and check it out. And we'll make sure that we share the link. That sounds like a dope event. Like, I would love to come. Um, But another dope event that's coming up, we are having our official launch party. What is the date? November 19th? November 16th, November 16th. Yeah. November 16th. We're going to have self-care stations, food and people. I mean, who don't want to meet other people and talk to people. So (laughs) make sure that you grab a friend and come out. It's only $8. If you can't afford it and you really want to come, DM us and we'll try and work something out with you. But tickets are $8. Um, yeah so if you have any questions let us know and make sure that you like comment and subscribe to our pod we see a lot of y'all are listening but you're not subscribing so we need y'all to actually subscribe so we can show sponsors that we have people listening so make sure that y'all do that for us and we hope that you have a great rest of your week thank you for tuning into today's podcast be sure to drop a comment on any of our platforms or even shoot us an email we will be back next Monday. Make sure to tell a friend and tell a friend. That is it for today's Black Women's Healing Pod.